Hi, I'm Shelly. And I'm Cam. And this is Translating ADHD. Quick reminder, we do have a Discord community for the supporters of our show. If you'd like to join, visit the website translatingadhd.com. Click on the Patreon button in the upper right-hand corner, and for five bucks a month, you're in. Five bucks. Five bucks. Five bucks. Five bucks. Unbelievable. 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 And they get to talk to us, Cam. We're pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. And we get to talk to them. Yeah. Because it's a way to generate some community because, again, this way, we talk to each other here and we have a lot of fun, but we really don't get a chance to interact with folks. So, but we didn't. Now we do because it's a busy community. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And they're like taking the lead. It's awesome. It is. So, so if any of this sounds appealing to you, what are you waiting for? Get in here and join yeah, us. Five bucks. Five bucks. It's about five pounds. <laughs> for, our, for our international listeners. It's about, I don't know. I don't know the exchange rate right now. Okay, Cam, before we get into exchange rates and completely off topic here, this week we are continuing the topic of sleep. And Cam and I were kicking around, how do we do this? Because there are so many factors that go into sleep and it's such a big topic. And for our clients that struggle with it, it's such a fraught topic. And Cam revealed something to me that makes me a little jealous. He's one of those ADHD unicorns that doesn't struggle with sleep. So first of all, Cam, I'm jealous and I'm a little mad at you for that, but also good for you. And second of all, oh, wait a minute. Cam had a response to my first of all. Well, it's, it's I, I know the value of sleep and I got to get more sleep than other folks. But the the struggle I don't necessarily have is the I, I still have this, but I've sort of figured out a way to like, I put sleep at the top. Now, I, I, there's other areas that are sacrificed because of that. But it just is like, for me, and, and, and again, from our conversation last time, it's like non-negotiable for me. Sure. And it, that's a, something that you figured out for yourself. And that's awesome because right. I have those clients too, for whom sleep isn't a topic because they sort of put it at the top of the priority list early in their process and were able to figure that out for themselves. But then there are people like me who well into my 30s, sleep was something that I was fighting against. It was like the final boss of ADHD for me is sleep. And so as we were talking about how to tackle this second part of this topic and what might be the most useful Cam thought it might be useful to look at my experience and my learning there because I did approach it very much in that understand, own, translate model. Yeah. So I'm going to let Cam lead with what questions he has, and I'm just going to share my experiences and my learning along the way. Is that cool with you, Cam? Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that as I was reflecting on this from the previous episode on sleep, thinking about, okay, what's, what's the next follow-up look like? What's going to be most useful for our listeners? I, I just went back to our couple of our episodes around time and taking this, taking time to sort of think about our relationship with these different concepts. Before we got into time, we really talked about and asked listeners, what is your relationship with time? And as you talked about your relationship with sleep, I think it's very similar to people's relationship with time. It's like, well, it's this thing I don't understand. And I'm going to try to, you know, outrun it or beat it, outsmart it, 
you know, black belt it, get the most time out of the day and sort of thinking of this thing that we can manage, which we don't. Time is just time and how we choose to, you know, use it. But it also has to do with our relationship with it. I think that that's where we started to make inroads last episode of like just starting to consider what is your relationship with sleep? What is the bare minimum number of hours that you need to be successful? And as we were talking about before this episode, Shelly, you just said something that kind of really touched on something. I think, and this is our our way in, is that what you focused on, because there's so much we can focus on. It's this big thing. And typically people would want to try to solve the whole thing. And like, I want to solve the whole thing, just like they want to solve time. I want to solve the whole thing. When in fact, it's multifaceted. It's something we need. We can't do without it. And it's not necessarily easy. But you said something that really resonated. And that was, you focused on well-rested. Can you say more about that and what that means for you? Because that seems like you're kind of the opening for you to have a different relationship with sleep. So when I first noticed the need to be well-rested, and don't get me wrong, I knew what super not well-rested felt like. I definitely dragged myself to work when I was doing full-time job in zombie state knowing that I was going to have a terrible day because I was just that underslept. But when I started to pay attention to well-rested was when I started my own business because it suddenly became much more important to me to show up with the energy my clients needed. And not just that, as a professional organizer, I'm working three or six hours side by side with a client. So it's not like sitting at a desk job where I can sort of hide my lack of productivity. And I didn't want to hide my lack of productivity because these clients were paying me good money. They were trusting in me to show up and be energetic and help them do what needed to be done. And I definitely started to notice when I was not well-rested, I really struggled through those appointments and I struggled to keep the positivity that I needed to keep to help my clients stay positive when they were struggling. Just everything became harder. Even things like off-the-cuff questions. When a client would ask me what I thought about X or what I might do about Y, it was harder for me to access those answers quickly because my executive function was depleted. So well-rested started with this sort of nightly practice of looking at my next day and looking at what the contents of that day were. Do I have clients? Is it one client or two? Is it three hours or six? Is it an easy client or a difficult one? And what does that mean about my decisions for sleep tonight? And not just that, but also, you know, I said last time I can kind of fall within a range of six to eight hours. Well, I can function on five, a minimum of five, one night if I'm well rested the night before I get the five and I can function well. But if I'm coming off of a five night and I've got a really busy day the next day, I'm going to need closer to seven or eight. So for me, it became a daily practice of evaluating, determining how much sleep I was going to need to feel good, and the motivation of feeling good for my clients and showing up the way I wanted to show up helped me then do what I needed to do to actually get that sleep more often than not. And the punishment of the times that I didn't and how terrible that felt. So what I'm appreciating is just how much you know 
now about your needs with respect to sleep and also the impact. You have real evidence of what happens when you don't get the sleep that you need. I want to go back a little bit because I think you're starting this place of recognizing it was your job, opening your own business, and being well-rested and being there for your clients. And I understand that and I appreciate that. And you're talking about sleep now with a certain sophistication of really a a sort of a, a higher level awareness. You're adept at this. You're skilled at it. And I want to go back. Let's go back because I think that many of our listeners who are struggling with sleep, they're not quite here to this place of well-rested. I guess, was there some precursor stuff you did or, or prep work before that, before you got to this you know, sophisticated language and, and recognition around sleep? And by the way, our whole process around translating is about finding language that works. And I'm noticing you've got wonderful language here around your own needs with respect to sleep. But before that, on the verge of, of recognizing well-rested, but you didn't necessarily have the, the knowledge base, like what did you do there? Like, okay, I want this. I guess, can you take me back to that, Shelly, that time? Sure. It starts with who I am in the morning. And I'm not a morning person, people. I will never be a morning person. Although I did say last time a friend accused me of being a morning person. That's right, yeah, yeah. And what I mean when I say I'm not a morning person is I'm never going to be a person striving to be up at 6 a.m. Or like my mother who gets up at 4.30 in the morning like a crazy person. Mom, what the hell? Mom. Never going to be me. But When I used to say I'm not a morning person, what I meant is I was grumpy in the mornings. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And even if the day before me held something that I like doing, like a client when my organizing business was really brand new or an event I was going to, if I woke up underslept, really underslept, that threshold of underslept, it didn't matter what the rest of the day held. I was already pissed off and I was pissed off about every single little thing I had to do from the time my feet hit. Oh, I got to shower now. I got to do my stupid makeup and I got to see the stupid client. Like that's the kind of language that my internal voice is firing off. And these are things that I'm looking forward to. Like I'm angry to go see one of my favorite clients. What the heck? What can I, mean? I jump in? Can I jump yeah, in? absolutely. Jump in. It's like, of the seven dwarfs, you're kind of uh, grumpy. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, uh, and you said earlier, it's like to access that positivity, that you need the positivity to have a good engagement with your client. And if you don't, you're recognizing, again, negative feelings, negative emotions. And I just want to say, I'm, going to, I'm, going to dis, I'm just going to jump in with some awareness here. Last time we talked a little bit about body awareness, cluing into our body and what our body needs. You're cluing into your emotional needs right here of recognizing if you don't get sleep, you're going to be a bit grumpy and that or pissed, you know, and, and foul and uh, growly. And it just can't, right? You're, you're, you're making this great connection between this thing over here that I'm not addressing and this outcome, which is so much of a cause and effect thing and doing that work. So great direct correlation there 
of seeing the value. You know, here you are creating value around sleep. So like, it's really about your affect and how you show up. Sure. And there's a second component to Grelly, Shelly. I love that, by the way. And people who knew me back then and who had the misfortune of experiencing me in the morning would absolutely love to tell you just how Grelly I was because it was pretty severe. So the second part of Grelly, Shelly, is how scattered I would be in the mornings, you know, and we all have a bit of scatteredness anyway as ADHD people, but this would be to an extreme. You know, this would be the little routines that I've done every day, the items I gather every single day to go to work. Suddenly I'm forgetting five or six items. And so I'm running back in and out of the house. And each time I'm getting more and more upset, more and more frantic, more and more anxious. So by the time I get in the car, not only has my mood not improved, I am just in the foulest of foul moods and I'm anxious on top of it. So if I'm going to work for an employer, you know, again, I can kind of hide at my desk and, you know, manage that way and sort of make up for my lack of productivity somewhere else in the week. But fast forward to when I'm going to a client, that's not possible. And I have to figure out how to check myself and get myself back in the right headspace before I walk into this client's house. Yeah, I, I appreciate this because many of the folks on the Discord in the Discord community are either their sole proprietors, a lot of people in education. So I was a teacher for 13 years. And you know, you talk about like you can't hide it. You cannot you go when I went in the classroom, I had to have something. Because I got 26 kids in there watching me. And if I don't have it, it's like, it's like fresh blood, man. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, there's Cam or one school, Mr. Gut, you know, like, look out. You know, so this whole, you know, command performance that we've got to have our executive function, our bandwidth to perform in the moment we have to perform. And oh, by the way, isn't that, an ADD thing is that consistent performance when we need it. So I think there's more here. There's definitely more here. I think we're unearthing something. Again, lots of ideas for episodes around this. I'm not saying that a professional job or going in and working in an organization is easier than working for yourself, but you can't kind of come in and, and hang out. You've got to step up make those decisions, make those choices. And so, again, it's interesting that you know, when you put your shingle out and started your own business, this is when you really saw the impact of the sleep issue. Yeah. And I will even add that in the early days of my organizing business for the first couple of years or so, as I was really recognizing this and getting a handle on it, I canceled some client appointments due to sickness, quote unquote sickness, recognizing that I was not going to be able to show up the way I needed to show up because I did not get the sleep that I needed. But wasn't this also pre-ADHD diagnosis too? It was. So I started my organizing business in 2012. Yeah. And I got my ADHD diagnosis in January of 2015 because I saw Barkley at that ICD, which is the Institute for Challenging Disorganization conference in 2014. 
and walked out of that session going, uh oh, uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. But again, that, you know, before ADHD, we don't have all the pieces here of recognizing, again, the, the, the challenges that are connected to the ADHD. It was, we're making up stuff there of like, oh, you know, for me, it was often, oh, you know, again, it's like, we've heard this, like, maybe I don't want this. You know, maybe I really am not committed to making this happen. For me, when I don't get sleep, I'm just a flake. I mean, you know, that's me. I'm a flake. And if I don't get my sleep, I just get much more flaky. And I've told you, you know, told folks about this too. It's like my wife can see like, you know, water glasses and coffee cups just littered all around the place. But again, it's that awareness of, ooh, man, I am just not making the connections that I need to make regardless of the situation and looking back at what is contributing to that. For me, it's sleep and it's exercise. And that if, you know, again, I got the sleep locked down, now it's the exercise. And if I don't get out on my mountain bike or take the dog for a walk, you know, that's when I can kind of just clear my head. And that's another self-care thing. So, so back, uh, yeah, I digress. And let's go back to your experience. So recognizing the need for it and then coming upon this notion of well-rested and addressing that. So, and again, it's like to give our listeners like a place to start, right? Because what we can do is try to think about like, okay, I need to just do a complete overhaul, like clean slate. Let's do a clean slate on sleep. All right, we're just going to pull out the whole thing and, and insert this whole comprehensive sleep program. Um, we would invite you to maybe pick a place to begin. And we did with the, what are the consistent hours, the minimum consistent hours. And I heard you again, back to your sophisticated language about kind of, oh, well, if I get five here, I can do it, but I'm going to pay for it later. And I've got the weekend as my kind of carryover. It's my spillover that I can catch up and you recognize I can catch up and you do that and you're, you're off to the races again the next week. But what, I guess, where did you start? Like, what was the, you know, there was well-rested, but then as you addressed it, what was the specific area you started with, Shelly? That's a good question, Cam. So definitely started with that feeling of well-rested with clients. And I want to back it up and say that part of the reason I shared that there were times that I canceled client appointments is not to shame myself, but to normalize it for anyone listening who struggles with sleep. Because on a day when I would choose to do that, I can tell you exactly what would happen. I would make an effort to go to bed on time, and I usually would. Or maybe I'd be a little late and now I'm cutting it close already. Whatever the situation might be, for whatever reason, whether it was something else that had my attention that I wasn't doing or addressing, or whether it was just anxiety about being well enough rested for the client, I would start to get anxious. And anxiety is the enemy of sleep. Oh, yeah. And so when I called out sick with those clients, I didn't do it with a sense of guilt. I did it with a sense of, I had an anxiety attack last night and I cannot show up for this client the way that I need to. And so this is something that I am going to give myself permission to do when I need to do it. And there was something about giving myself that permission 
And the other work, of course, that I did later on with getting my ADHD diagnosis, starting to work on some of the root causes of my anxiety, that together made that an occurrence that happened less and less. But it's not never, Cam. There will be a next time where I just frankly have a night where I don't sleep and I need to move my clients the next day. And I've made that okay for myself. And I model that for my clients when my clients don't feel well or something comes up at the last minute. You know, I model flexibility and forgiveness because when I need that, that's what I want. So that was a really critical part for me, just letting it be okay that not every night was going to be a night that I got the optimal or even any amount of sleep. Those nights were going to happen to me as a person that struggles with anxiety. It's just part of the deal. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not an exact science, right? We can sort of like, you know, get all the sleep. We can, you know, attend to all these details and do the regimen, whatever it is, and still not have success. And being able to like, okay, then what do we do? Because often it's the, okay, I'm going to grind through this. I was just listening to a client who's sort of like, you know, I was sort of getting into this kind of path and thinking, all right, uh, this is not good, but I'm just going to push through. So that ability to pause and look at what's, what's necessary. So I love that in the sense of flexibility and forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. And so then from there, I think what started to develop is a twofold thing. Number one, I realized that I valued sleep-in days. I valued days where I didn't have an obligation first thing in the morning. And I have now built my schedule to accommodate that. And that was a process that took time. But it started with my husband, my now ex-husband and I coming to an agreement that one day a week we would switch it up and he would take my daughter to school and I would pick her up. And so that day also became a day where I did not schedule morning clients so that I could have my sleep in day. And I think for me, there's definitely a freedom to thing in there, meaning I have the freedom to every day make choices about my sleep because I am still naturally inclined to want to stay up. And my schedule now permits for certain nights of the week where that is possible without consequence because I don't take clients until the afternoon and I coach later in the day those days. I realize this isn't possible for people on a nine to five schedule and it wasn't possible for me then. But even then, that's where my weekends were so critical to me. So knowing that what I needed to get through the week and what was enough that I could make up for it on the weekends and giving myself permission to not have something in the morning on either Saturday or Sunday, that's always been something I value. I, it's a self-care thing for me because it's not even necessarily that I always sleep in. You know, sleeping in for me, like back when I was really chronically underslept, would mean sleeping in until noon, one, two o'clock in the afternoon. Now, 10 a.m. is sleeping in. And on my sleep-in days, I don't set an alarm. And I am up by 10 a.m. You know, what's interesting is um, that your sleep practices reflect your values. Yeah. And so there's definitely some letting go of what society says 
an adult should do regarding sleep. And I touched on that last week with a client of mine who had a similar realization. It's okay for my body to not have a sleep schedule that is a fixed bedtime and a fixed wake up time. So long as I'm getting the sleep I need, I know where I can push. I know when I've pushed too hard and I need to course correct. And for me, making it a daily practice honors my freedom value, gives me the freedom to, gives me the flexibility that I so value and makes it not fraught because every day, just as I'm looking at my schedule to see what are the things before me, what is the landscape of the day, I'm also planning the landscape of my evening based on when I know I need to be in bed to feel okay. And that's not for everybody. That is what has worked for me. And that is my flexibility value, standing up and saying, this needs to be a part of sleep for you or you're never going to get there. There's that value, but then there's also the muscle that you've developed in learning about your ADHD is the muscle around anticipating, sort of visualizing what does tomorrow look like? What are the demands of tomorrow? And how do I need to address sleep tonight for the demands of tomorrow? And that sort of mapping out. And that can be challenging when you have ADHD on board. It is that ability to kind of imagine what is in your near future, to sort of map it out and and the needs and the demands of that. But that is available to all of our listeners to sort of consider and anticipate what's, what's coming up. Great little skill to develop. So we're finishing up here. I, th- I think this has been wonderful, Shelly, and thanks for sharing your own experience. We go back to you know, your relationship with sleep. There was the operative word there in the past was fraught. And so what, what would you say, what, what have you come to? Like, What is your relationship with sleep now? How has it progressed or changed? Well, like so many things in my life, and I Before I answer that question, I want to throw in the caveat that the time frame that Cam and I are talking about here is like 2012 is when I started my organizing business, okay? And while I made some of this learning sound easy, there were things like sleeping through client appointments and forgetting I had clients on a certain day and all sorts of other challenges and mistakes and learning that got me from the completely fraught sleep not schedule I had when I was employed by someone else where sleep was just the enemy. It was something I fought with and walking through life chronically underslept was something that I sort of wore as a badge of honor. This is just who I am and I just have to deal with it. And I'm just going to have a crappy day at work and that's that to the place that I'm at now. So please know that this was not as easy as this half hour episode may have made it sound. I wanted to say that before I say the next part, which to answer Cam's question, how has my relationship to a sleep changed? I've learned what letting it be easy looks like for me and the way my ADHD manifests and what matters to me. I realize that for some people, this daily practice might not sound or be easy at all. But for me, that is the definition of letting it be easy because it takes care of more than just sleep for me. It takes care of knowing the landscape of my next day, of no longer having that fear or worry that I'm going to forget an appointment or forget about a client or 
make a mistake that I'm going to have to backtrack and fix. So it's part of the bigger landscape of things that I've learned over time in service of what matters to me, which is letting it be easy. Yeah. So it's, it's a way, in a way, your priorities are clear, right? Yeah. It's sort of like, you know, leading with let it be easy. I'm just appreciating that. So yeah, ready to finish up? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I could talk about this stuff forever. And I always love these episodes where we get to uh, dive deep. So far, it's mostly been into my experience. We'll have to find a good topic <laughs> to, uh, to uh, flip the script. And uh, <laughs> y'all can't see Cam's giving me like the throat cutting motion of no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Open book. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that opportunity will present itself. I know we'll find it, but I do imposter syndrome. Okay. All right. Book market listeners. We're going to, we're going to dive deep with Cam at some point soon on imposter syndrome. And I'm stoked for that because I do think the feedback that I've gotten around these episodes where we've really examined my experience has been really positive. So And it's a learning experience for me to talk about it and articulate it out and realize some of the things I may not have realized I was doing in generating awareness and creating change over time. So it's a cool experience for me too. And I really enjoy doing this type of episode. And listeners, I hope you enjoy it too. Yeah, you're getting free coaching too. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at this point, at this point, all I have to do to get coaching is call you, and you know that. Yeah, it's like (laughs) really now you know uh, why we do this podcast. Now it's my turn. I'm going to get some free coaching. All right, can't wait. Fair enough. So until then, and until next week, I'm Shelley, and I'll say one more thing. It's really funny that both of us came on to this podcast with like, oh man, I don't know. We don't know if this is going to work today. And it's so fascinating how just kind of eased in and allow freedom to flexibility, let it happen. And I think this is one of our, you know, better, better ones. I'm, I'm pretty certain of it. So I'm Cam and thanks for listening. See you next week. (laughs) 